1: Hello, it's the day of the week where you walk into the office and either try to avoid any form of football conversation or you walk in wearing your replica shirt, your new scarf and a newfound love of the beautiful game. It is Monday and this is Football Social Daily. Mixed fortunes as always for those who follow the Premier League, but let us do the talking for you for the next few minutes. We'll get you up to speed with everything that's gone on over the last 24 hours or so. I'm Jim Salverson, this is Football Social Daily. I've got Narmakorn there. Hello. got Marley Anderson over there. All right. Good weekend, gentlemen. Yeah, it was all right, actually. Yeah, not too bad.
2: Lots of football to get our teeth stuck into. Yeah. I um, I did lots of adult things. I, op- I opened a new bank account. I opened- <laughs> when you say adult things, I, is
1: this stuff we want to talk about on the
2: podcast? I, I, You've I, got to I immediately start- tell us what you did there, <laughs> Listen, otherwise this is a very different podcast. This is a family-friendly podcast. So, yeah, no, lots of adult things like opening bank accounts and all the rest of it. But uh, taking in lots of football in between. FA Cup weekend, which was exciting, but obviously our focus is, is Premier League. There was a hell of a goal in
1: the FA Cup. I can't remember who scored it or what game it was in. Wow. But it was kind of Good. like a looping <laughs> volley. If you watch all Must the highlights awesome. of every game, you'll see all oh. the I best think it's goals the chat for
2: Maidstone United. Maidstone? The ball comes over and it's still in its movement and he kind of hooks it on, like continues the momentum. It's one of those of goals the where
1: you can't work out whether he meant it or not. But if he did mean it, it's incredible. Oh, he awesome. plays to
3: finish. If he's non league, he didn't mean it. He just <laughs> swung at it. I love the FA Cup. It's wicked. So I'm
1: looking forward to tonight where we find out who the Premier League teams get in the third round. Okay, well, we're not going to talk about the FA Cup today. We're not going to talk about the games at the weekend either. If you want our full Premier League review, you need to get yesterday's podcast. You can go back and listen to that and we'll cover off every single game in the Premier League. Today, we're going to be talking heroes and villains from the weekend. Who needs praise and who needs to be hammered? We'll let the boys make their choices very soon. We're going to talk about Jack Grealish. Aston midfielder Sean at the weekend against Manchester United but is he ready to step up to the next level and England now know their fate for Euro 2020 as well is this the summer that it finally comes home or at least there's another song released with It's Coming Home in the title. Uh, do you want a review before we get started? Yeah, I love a good Monday oh, yes. cool. I love Let's a Monday a review. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes or however you listen to your podcasts, then you might get a shout out on the podcast as well. Now, if you make them funny, it makes for better content on the podcast as well. So put some effort in. <laughs> yeah. This one comes from Sam McGillivay who's in France, and he says, I absolutely love this podcast. I've been listening all season. It's very handy as I live in France. It keeps me up to date on everything going on in the Premier League. All the analysis is great. <laughs> wow. Bloody hell. What's wow. hang on, Is that on our <laughs>
3: podcast or someone else's? <laughs> Apparently, else? it's
1: this one. He says, there's good banter yes, too. Keep up the good work. Nice one, Sammy. Cheers for that, buddy. Right, Do you so, know what? Actually, on, on,
3: on, on the subject of reviews, yeah. um, it's, it's almost a review, but it's kind of like um, not. Anyway, I'm going to tell it. Um, On I was watching, uh, I was flicking through Instagram on Saturday, and I found on my personal account of one of our um, sports social audiograms from the from the weekend. At Um, the sports
1: social, if you want to follow us on Instagram.
3: Yep, Um, and. Then I click. I flick through a few posts, and then on the the result of the Manchester City versus Newcastle game, obviously I posted a picture of De Bruyne saying like he scores a screamer, but Newcastle drew two mm. two and they're eleven points off the pace. Somebody commented on it saying Marley's gonna love this on Monday morning, and I was there like, you hey!
1: there you go, there you go. People are listening. People, and it's amazing. Someone said they love Marley's voice the other day
3: as well. They did. i oh, massive on Instagram. Me. Big, big on the gram. 150 uh, followers. I'm just
1: known as the one that complains all the time, yeah, which is very accurate. Very accurate. Right, let's go for heroes and villains first. Everyone's going to pick a hero and a villain across the weekend's action. Do you want me to go first on this one? I reckon we think... could be
2: unanimous in our hero, guys. I think they could be a, a clean reckon... sweep of heroes. Uh, yeah. It's very I obvious I'm going to I know who, who you're going to pick. Gyms go it's the person I was probably going well. okay. gyms... to pick as
1: well.
3: You've okay. got to pick another person then. Well, we inevitably saying David It's going to be David Martin, isn't it? Of course
2: it's going to be
1: David Martin. If you don't know the story... David Martin played in goal for the first time for West Ham, his very first time in the Premier League at the age of 32, I think he is. 33, is he? Yeah. Finally replaced Roberto, who is unable to catch a football, which is a hindrance. (laughs) He's unable to catch a cold and it's getting cold in (laughs) England. That's a very diplomatic way of saying he's crap. He is absolutely terrible. And if we're honest about David Martin's performance for West Ham at the weekend, he didn't have a whole load to do. But he did keep a clean sheet. He helped West Ham to their first win at Stamford Bridge in 13 attempts. But what gets him the hero's pat on the back for me is his reaction at the end of the game. The emotion. Yeah, it was beautiful. He just fell to his knees in tears, head on the ground. And not because he played his first Premier League game, although that probably played a part. Not because they'd beaten Chelsea, although again that played a part. But because his dad, Alvin Martin, West Ham legend, was in the stand as well watching his son play for the team they've both supported all their lives. I just thought it was a brilliant moment and I thought it was what football's about.
2: I wonder how he's going to react when you lose to Wolves in the week. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we probably will lose I'm joking. to Wolves in the week. No, you're right. It Cause, because he, is, he isn't a Premier League standard goalkeeper. It was brilliant though. It, it was just a
1: lovely moment. And that's
2: exactly the sort of moments that you watch football for. Yeah. yeah, And it's relatable. I mean, his dad's in the stands. He's waited so long for his Premier League opportunity and... You can't say he hasn't earned it because he has been there. He's put in the hard yards as a third-choice goalkeeper. He's been through the leagues. I mean, he was most recently at Millwall as well. I think before West yep. Ham, he's been a host of different clubs, and finally he's got the opportunity. Uh, and no way he would have
1: expected to play.
2: Oh no, no at all during his West Ham career. N- not even when, when Fabianski got injured. Completely. He
3: was a sort of he's one of them uh, sort of quota filling English players, wasn't he? Because yeah. you see the likes of Scott Carson at Man City and and Rob Green at Chelsea last season. He was he was just one of them, mm-hmm. just somebody you can put in your twenty five man squad who's homegrown and English. So yeah, because obviously West Ham have got a lot of foreign players, so you need that. He spent four years turns at out Liverpool. Out he's better than the Spanish yeah.
2: <laughs> He spent four years at Liverpool's reserve keeper, David Martin. Um, did. He did yeah. I between did it says that. here between two thousand six and twenty ten. If you look at some of the clubs he's played for, MK Dons, Tranmere. Accrington on loan and he's not really played a, a significant amount of games since he left MK Dons in 2017 he played 11 league games for Millwall and then he went to West Ham and I think maybe when you get to that stage of your career and you get a move, I mean like we saw with Rob Green, we went to Chelsea didn't he, didn't mm. play a game, we knew that he was just going to be third choice keeper as Marley says quite a drinking filler. Tea. so for him to actually step into the, the role as goalkeeper in a first team game in a London derby uh, and perhaps you know, fulfil a dream because he would have seen his father, his old man, playing for West Ham so many times. And, you know, that's just... It's, it's a really lovely moment and definitely worthy of our of our hero selection for this.
1: Here's play. a stat as well. So with Roberto in goal, West Ham took two points from seven games. With a combination of Fabianski and David Martin in goal, it's 14 points from seven games.
2: Or wow. David Martin on his own, three points from one game. Yeah. Which is yeah. more than Roberto managed. I mean, yeah, yeah, and goals. let's
3: be honest, if you get three points from every game, you win the title.
1: <laughs> but it's, I mean, it just... You can't pin all the blame on Roberto for the terrible form. But I think David Martin, even though he didn't have much to do, did make a difference to the confidence of West Ham. And you only had to see how the players okay. went over to him when he was on the ground. When you went, Aaron Cresswell going over to him, Mark Noble going over to him, they like him as an individual and had confidence in him during that game. If
2: you're going for David Martin as your hero, I will go for Manuel Pellegrini as mine. Okay. And I've given Pellegrini stick on this podcast plenty of times over the last couple of weeks. I just don't think West Ham made the right choice in getting him in. Mm -hmm. Happily be proved wrong. Uh, And as we discussed on yesterday's review show, the the discrepancies between the bottom of the table and mid-table to Europa League spots is very, very minimal. It's something like six points between bottom and top, effectively. Um, What I would say about Pellegrini is he changed it up. He really shook it up against... Chelsea he gave Rice a bit more freedom we saw I saw Rice in the the opposition half Mm. for what felt like the first time in that five games he actually picked the ball up and advanced with it 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 was exciting to watch Antonio through the middle he's come back, he was always a unit, but he's come back an absolute beast mm. and he's got pace and power and through the middle as centre forward, I think that, that worked for West Ham. It was a gutsy call to drop Allaire to the bench. Mm. He did that and it and it paid off. So my hero would be Manuel Pellegrini because I think he made the right decisions. He shook things up at the right time. wasn't afraid to do it against a, a big opponent in a big game in a London derby and, and it paid dividends for them. So fair play to
1: Pellegrini. I think there's a bit of a test coming up for him in how he reacts. Antonio... I'd say was unlikely to be fit for Wolves because he can't play 90 minutes of football and then play another
3: 90 minutes of football. He's made a
0: paper mache, Antonio. Yeah, and we like a delicate striker
3: at West Ham and he's the latest It's, all, in a it's always run. muscular injuries as well with him though, isn't it? Because you mentioned he comes back bigger and stronger and he, he is an absolute tank. Yeah. But when you're run a, when you going at that pace for you know every week, you're not going to be able to do it twice in a week. And Similar it, to Andy
1: Carroll. Yeah, very much so. And it'd be interesting to see whether he drops Anderson as well because Anderson has been poor for the last few weeks and whether he drops him and maybe brings in... Alunga on the left or something like that then maybe not Alunga he hasn't played for us for about Mace- a decade Massive welcome. <laughs> <laughs> casual racism for me oh they're both left backs <laughs> they're both from Africa it's fine uh, Marley let's move on let's get your hero from the week quick
3: quick 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 yeah let's move on from that one <laughs> under the carpet um, my hero just to stop this being a West Ham loving basically um, is Jonjo Shelby of course. Um Shelby, West Ham fan, John Joe Shelby. West Ham fan, yeah, apparently, yeah <laughs> of course he is. Um, yeah, Shelby, just obviously at the weekend we had a great result. Um To be fair, it could be Shelby, it could be Steve Bruce as well because, you know, Bruce, I, as everyone will know, listening to this podcast, I'm not his biggest fan. Um But you have to get a reaction after that crap performance against Aston Villa. And it's kind of the, the thing that annoys me is that Newcastle can't go, we can't get a level consistent... Level every week Mm. it's like it's either up or it's down so we can draw 2-2 with Man City at home one of the best teams in the world and then we can lose 2-0 at Villa away which is annoying but you've still got to pick the team back up and Shelby was was probably the pick of the bunch uh, along with Dupravka in the um, in the Newcastle team at the weekend because we went behind twice and he was instrumental in how we played and when you play in Man City in terms of tactics when you win the wall when the, when you win the ball back, you have to get forward quickly, you have to feed the front three uh of St Maximan, Almeron, Almiron and Julian. They won't score, but Almiron getting an assist though. He got an assist, he's getting slightly better. Um he's still like a headless chicken, but he needs to work on that. Um but yeah, Shelby was important because you've got to break that press of Man City, and to do that you need midfielders that are prepared to pass the ball forwards, and he did that quite a lot at the weekend. And obviously he capped off the game with with an absolute beauty goal. Um, not quite as good as De Bruyne's, fair enough. But he was uh, he was excellent. He was and he he's come back. He wasn't in the team at the start of the season. Yeah. Both long staffs were ahead of him. Hayden was ahead of him. Even Key at one point, Key mm. Sung Young was ahead of him. So for him to come back, he was captain at the weekend and everything. And it was a proper good performance. And it's the level we know we can get out of Shelby. We just need to do it every week.
1: Let's move on to the villains of the week. I'll go first with this one as well because I'm going to nominate as my villain of the week every single Arsenal player that was behind the front three because they were (laughs) terrible at the weekend. Again, the front three is brilliant for Arsenal. They can score goals out of nothing. But anyone below that, anyone behind them just seems off the pace right now. Normally when a new manager comes in, you get that little new manager bounce. And I suppose this is part of the risk of getting in an existing member of the staff to kind of step into the manager's role, you don't quite get the lift. But the Arsenal defence at the weekend just looked scared of making a ta- challenge, just looked scared of closing down the opposition. Mustafi and David Luiz at the back just looked all over the place. And I think Do you know what they well, need? Arsenal are in trouble if they don't sort that they out. They need confidence and the players,
2: as much as they were trying to avoid the press in the media, everyone's talking about how bad Arsenal's defense is. Yeah, and look what look what Liverpool did to cure that problem. They brought in Van Dijk. Everyone was saying, "Oh, Liverpool's defense is shaky. They've got Dejan Lovren, who's uh, an accident waiting to happen." They bought Van Dijk. Van Dijk came in. He was calm, composed, imposing, and all of a sudden, everyone went, "Well, hang on a sec." the atmosphere changed straight away inside that defence. They signed David Luiz who's also got a reputation for making mistakes. So alongside Mustafi, Sokratis has seen a downturn in form. Rob Holding's never fit.
1: Their centre-half selection isn't exactly perfect. Mustafi was supposed to be a solution to that problem though when he was brought in and he was like 40 million quid or so, wasn't he? But
2: you get found out very quickly in the Premier League. If you don't start well and you continue to make mistakes, you'll get found out very quickly unless your manager perseveres and you keep picking up results and performances. For instance, an example for this would be when David De Gea first came to the Premier League in 2011. Mm. He kept making mistakes for Manchester United. Van der Sar had just retired. He kept making mistakes. Eventually, Sir Alex Ferguson stuck with him and he became the player he is. And he got a lot better. And that's just through perseverance. Arsenal can't afford to persevere uh, at this moment in time because they haven't got enough quality to be able to you know, counterweight the... You know, defensive issues
1: with sticking with mm. players and trying to force them into form. I think what it shows is the problems weren't necessarily with Emery entirely. It's not, he has to take some of the responsibility, mm-hmm. but they're not problems that are going to go away overnight. Even if they appoint Mauricio Pochettino tomorrow or Max Allegri or whoever it is in the running. That's not going to solve. They need the problems better at players.
2: It's as simple yeah. as that. They need better players. Whether that will happen in January, I don't know. I don't think Freddie Lindberg is the answer. I just think there's a fascination with ex players going to clubs at the moment. All he understands the club.
1: I don't get that. Well, I think Freddie Lindberg's there because he was. He's just there in because the
2: club. he's there. Yeah, exactly. He's not there because you know they think he's the next man for the job. He's there because he's part of the coaching setup. Simple as that. Mm.
3: I think what Arsenal need is. The perfect sort of managerial appointment now is Max Allegri, just because he, as we've said on last week's podcast, he's out of work. He's, he's a tap in for the job if you if you're willing to pay for him. He's there and ready and available. I think he would go to Arsenal because um, there's no bigger jobs coming up that I think he could get. He might he might fancy buying, but I think if he did, he would would have gone by now. Um, but he's in terms of style, he's he's a a solid defensive minded manager if you remember that Juventus defensive a couple of years ago yeah they're obviously a lot better than Arsenal but you you still need organisation you still need a base from which to work on and Arsenal Arsenal's attack is that good that I think it'll work under any manager so if you have a defensive manager you're not going to make bad players out of Aubameyang Lacazette and Pepe and Ozil (laughs) and Martin. If any
1: team can do that it is Arsenal. They're perfectly capable of making bad players out of anyone. Yeah
3: but Hopefully he would he would improve the defence because I, I still think Arsenal don't need that much to get back to, mm. to the top. They've got such talent not, not going top, forward. Top, top.
1: As you say, they've got such talent going forward. You can you could have that defensive base, that yeah. kind of boring back line and still score goals.
2: Which is why I use the Gea as an example because back then Manchester United had enough in the locker to be able to afford having a goalkeeper that maybe was a bit jittery because they knew that at the other end they were going to outscore yeah. their opposition. Arsenal probably will know going into games that they're going to score goals. They've got a Bamiyang Lacazette, they've got good attacking players. It's just at the back and I don't think that that defence counterbalances the amount of goals they score at the other end. Clearly it doesn't because they drew with Norwich.
1: Right, who's your villain, Niall? Who are you going to go for?
2: Musa Jenepo. F-ing cheat. <laughs> did you see what happened in the no, Southampton I, I, I versus I Watford I game? I did not As see. It. Nor did VAR which is probably the worst VAR decision I've seen all season. Okay, well, as I didn't see it, take me through it. What happened was Musa Jenepo was on the edge of the box, quite t- uh, close to the goal line, trying to get beyond the defender and into the box. He does a couple of skills. He is a skillful player, Musa Jenepo, we'll say that. A couple of step overs, and he sort of loses his balance as he goes around his man, takes a touch with the outside of his right foot, and he leans forward. And as he leans forward, somehow the ball bundles past his man, he then lays it off to wings at the near post who scraps the ball into the back of the net to give Southampton an mm. equaliser in what's a huge game against Watford down at the bottom yeah. of the table in the relegation zone. However, and this is why I don't blame the referee because for the referee to have been able to see this in full speed is practically impossible. But for the VAR to miss this is almost unfathomable. And I've never been a big, big VAR advocate anyway, as, as we know. Genepo, as I said, he stumbled forward and the ball somehow got past his man. Sometimes you get lucky deflections, the ball ricocheting off shins. He actually leans forward, and with his right arm, scoops the ball up, and flicks it over the foot of the defender. Skills back into his path, and then passes it across to Ings, who lays the ball into
3: the net. It was like some off um, Gaelic football, wasn't it? it? Was when he scooped the ball up, it was kind it's of the, strange. One
2: of the worst decisions I think I've seen VAR make Silent. ever.
3: is the villain here.
1: The player, I think, or is I was it VAR, say, I think the because, VAR? Because this is something that happens week in, week out, and your vitriol is purely uh, well, based on him being a Southampton player. Well, well, no, <laughs> a my, my, my
2: other villain would be Steve Cook at Bournemouth because he slides into the box. Uh, during the Tottenham game, and the ball comes firing across from a cr- from someone crossing the ball into the box, the ball smashes him on the arm, and he gets up and he starts running towards the centre circle, rubbing his belly as if the ball's hit him in the chest. Oh, I love Mate, that! It smacked you in the arm. There's cameras all
1: over the ground. So what would you do? It's that- definitely if you, if you're, a handball. If you're just- a defender, that's no. Oh yeah, handball. It's a penalty. I, yeah, no, yeah, sorry. No, that- just sorry, don't boys. run off rubbing your belly like a that's like, like um, what are you doing is Stephen Taylor for Newcastle I was just oh. about to say this
3: is a throwback to when Stephen Taylor blocked a goal against Aston Villa on the goal line yes. it hit him plumb in the arm and he went down like he'd been shot yes. in the belly but there and was, and it no was
2: VAR, hilarious there was no VAR then there's VAR now look, and so now funny. everyone's going to go Cook what are you doing you look like a plonker but that'll be my villain I guess you could change it from Jenepo slash Cook to VAR, but I mean it would be easy to say VARs the villain. So I'm going with Jenepo. He doesn't need to cheat. He's a good player. He's a good player. And if Southampton go down, someone will buy him because he's good. All but players. He doesn't need to cheat, and that is that's a different level of cheating there.
1: Every team has Scooping those players. Scooping the ball
2: players. up. It's, 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 it's different. It's level with. It's not as bad as Maradona, obviously, but it's it's on those sort of levels.
1: But it does picking the ball up. It does draw into questions about VAR again if it's I... not picking up obvious mistakes, but. We'll move on from that. Cause we're not going to get drawn
3: to a VAR conversation. I don't think it was Jennifer's fault. I don't. I thought, I said, he's picked the ball up, oh, yeah, I no. think we're moving on. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, no, we're not moving on. I'm just going to say this: I, when he when he goes down, it's weird. He doesn't mean to hit it with his hand. I That's swear to God, nonsense. because he he does. It, if you watch the replay, he, he, when he falls, because he, he turns so direct, his body goes close to the floor, and I think he thinks, ah, oh, f- damn it, I've unballed it, but carry on. And then he just carries on. And it's and not on the against Ireland.
2: I'm looking yeah. forward
1: to watching your reaction when you see it. Probably, right. Jim. Oh, I'm going to watch it later. And if you're listening to the podcast, go and watch it later as well. Let us know what you think. <laughs> at the Sports Social. Tell us whether it's a handball or not. Who's your
3: villain, Marley? Uh, villain, um, it's not one in specific. It's just Watford Football Club. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, just, is it the evil Pozzo family, it's essentially? Just, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, probably. Uh, it's just terrible decision after terrible decision. Like Going back to Kike Sanchez-Flores, I was like is that going to work? Because you sacked him for a reason. Is it going to work again? And then the fans were like, oh, we'll be, we'll be better defensively. He's a defensive manager. Mm. It's like, yeah, but you need goals at the bottom of the league and you need better performances. And they blew a 1-0 lead at the weekend in the obviously that game against uh, against Southampton. And they're just back to square one now. And whoever the next manager comes in, he might get he might get the rest of the season before they look at someone mm. else and i just think it's getting to a point where their system their the whole style of chopping and changing managers i know they've stuck to it for a while now they've had 11 managers in 7 years or whatever it is they it just it just isn't working like who who would want to go there
1: well who who's to say whether it's working or not because they are until this season maybe maintaining themselves in the Premier League which is
2: the are, ambitions
3: are, for
1: Watford Football Club
3: are they a Premier League side like who other than De La Feu and Pereira I well, don't know we said this on maybe yest- De we
2: said this on yesterday's podcast and they do have a lot of players who you'd think would be picked up by other Premier League teams should they go down
3: I think um, three you think? De Cure, De La Feu and Pereira Cabasello? no Will Hughes? no Championship. Will Hughes came out of the Championship as he one did. of the best players and, and, really and hasn't really performed and hasn't done pretty. anything Ben Foster, most horrific goalkeeper to ever play regularly over the course of like 10 years. Whatever. Andre Gray, He's you awful. have to say. No. You don't
2: think Andre Grey's Premier League He doesn't it? even
3: start every week for Watford.
2: That doesn't that doesn't mean anything. Watford finished in the top 10 How last season. How many goals
3: has he scored this season? How many goals
2: has scored? He's not a striker. How many goals has Joel Linton scored? One. One more than Gray? Gray's got one. So it's the same then? Yeah. So then so so Jolinton's not a Premier League player. Of no, course Jolinton's a better player than Andre Grey. Well, I'm not sure I agree with that. But anyway.
3: We'll move on. <laughs> I seen I seen Andre Grey play for Hinckley Town and he was mint. <laughs> 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 Ever since he's gone up from up to the Premier League, I've just thought I just don't think he'd get picked up. Who would pick who would pick him up? Another another promoted recently team. promoted a team. Recently promoted team. A and Premier League team. He'd be, team he'd be pick caught him up. in that same thing where matter. he gets a couple of goals a season. Best thing Andrea Gray has done is that girl from the little mix who he's going out with. He's done incredibly well there. Fair enough, mate. The the interesting thing about the Watford scenario is that their
1: most successful Premier League managers within, in terms of percentage win rate, Mm. is Gracia, who obviously they replaced earlier in the season with Flores, then Flores in his first time, and then Marco Silva. None of which you'd say had been hugely successful. So it's interesting to to see who they go and get now. Is it too harsh to say they deserve relegation?
2: For chopping and changing. Because unless you're Chelsea, chopping and changing your manager on
1: such a regular basis just doesn't work. I don't know, because it's part of... It's kind of part of what the club do. They're not bringing in managers as long-term options. They're bringing in managers... But they're not achieving anything, Jim. Well, they're staying in the Premier League, which I think is a reasonable achievement for Watford. Not as it stands. Not as it stands. Very true. Right, so Watford Football Club is Marley's villain. Right, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to talk about Jack Grealish and England in Euro 2020.
0: Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates.
1: Welcome back to Football Social Daily. I'm Jim Salverson. Marley Anderson's here. Korn's here as well. And we're going to talk about Jack Grealish, who you could say was a hero of the weekend as well. Back Mm. from injury for Villa. It's absolutely superb against Manchester United at the weekend. Brilliant first goal as well. Looked dangerous all the way through the game. Is it gonna be a January transfer window where Grealish is linked to any team within the top six of the Premier League essentially? Is uh, he on the
2: way? Well no. no. He mentioned, didn't he, not long ago, and we all kind of knew that he, he was on the verge of joining Spurs uh before the start of last season and obviously Aston Villa got promoted last season via the, via the playoffs. And I think he felt a little bit down at that that point that, you know, he wasn't able to move to Tottenham. Mm which would have been, I think, a, a good move for him, you think, the way he plays. But like you say, Jim, he's been brilliant. Last two games, he was really good against Newcastle on, on that Monday night game. He's really good at the weekend against Manchester United as well. Um, will he move, though? I think I agree with Marley. No, I don't think he will. He feels will. like I think the right age to make that move Yeah, now, but I don't, I don't think January will see it. I think, I think... If, if he's going to go, it will be a summer move.
3: I think he's the perfect player for for Aston Villa, as in he's exactly what they need in terms of how they play. He can play in a couple of different positions in their system. Mm. He's captain, he's a local lad. I don't see why he would move now. They've just got back into the Premier League, so if if he was going to move, I agree with Niall, it would be maybe he'd, he'd, he'd want to stay and make Villa uh, a, a sort of solid outfit, maybe so have this season, have next season, and if they finish sort of 12th, 13th next season... Then maybe he thinks, okay, we can, um, we're 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 set now, and Arsenal want me or Man United want me or someone like that, and then he'd maybe leave. But as of right now, the timing isn't isn't everything. I think the only thing that would maybe make him leave is is if he didn't get in the England squad in the, in this last couple of years, mm. in this next couple of years, and and he thought I'm not getting into the squad because I play for Villa, maybe that would sort of mm. tempt him. But I do see him getting in the England squad soon and I do see him stay in her villa and just being a being mm. a legend at, at Villa. Inter- it feels like Southgate's picked his team for Euro 2020 already though, doesn't it? Do You know what I yeah, mean. Yeah,
2: it does. Uh, if Madison can't get a game, why will Grealish get a There's game? Still and although time for him to get in, in is coming back exactly. in as well. Exactly. The, the, the stats show that Grealish has had more goal involvements with 7 than any other Premier League midfielder that play that's from England yep. so far this season. So out of all the English midfielders, Mount three goals, four assists. Alley, yeah, yeah, three goals, four assists. He's he's done really really well. So Um, he's surely in the thinking of Gareth Southgate but he keeps being snubbed and there must be a reason behind that Um, and maybe we'll see him become an England regular after the Euros if he can continue the form
3: I think it's just his position I think that he's being snubbed like he doesn't like I said he he plays a couple of different roles for for Villa either number 10 on the wing or in a three-man midfield so he's been playing off the left which
2: which Smith said fair play to him for his maturity because he's Villa captain mm, and he's been played out of position and you know you've you've got to have a bit of bit of guts about you to go, all right, fair enough, Gaffer, I'll do it for the team.
3: He said after the Newcastle, when they beat Newcastle 2-0, he said that um, he was asked, what's your favourite position? And he said, probably as a number eight, which is interesting because that's how England play. Mm. If England are playing with a three-man midfield and you've got a one-holding midfielder and then you've got probably Jordan Henderson, you need one more. And if it's not Madison... If he's not convinced by Madison, maybe he would be convinced by Grealish. Well, Grealy's just. I think they've that. got the I, same problem. The problem. players you, very You'd kind players. of say he was competing with for England would be
1: Delhi Ali, yeah. Oxlade Chamberlain, Mason Mount, Madison, Ross Barkley.
3: Yeah, it's so that's, that's. I
2: think you can count Barkley out. I don't think yeah, Barkley probably, will make the Euros squad. Get rid of Barkley,
3: yeah, but. He is in there, he's in that conversation. He's been in more England squads than Jack Grealish ever has, so for that reason, Very true. He, he's still a competitor. I think it'd be interesting playing for England
1: on the condition that he rolls his socks up. <laughs> because I can't stand... I, it just winds me up the reason he has, he has his socks down below Have you his you seen cart. his actual shin pads? Little, dude, the little kid's shin pads. It's literally the size of my iPhone. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mental. I, I, I actually found out the reason he does it at the weekend. It was when he played for Villa a few years ago, the kit man shrunk his shin pads, shrunk his socks ended up wearing small socks for a game played really well and it's superstition just keeps him on some people say and, it's because of George Best he used to wear his shib- socks rolled down but it's not and he's it's got cause... massive calves <laughs> yeah, so he looks great Yeah, if I had legs like that, I'd be wearing my sh- socks all rolled down as well <laughs> right so talking of England let's look ahead uh, quickly to the 2020 European Championships England now know their fate in the group stages we now also know that the group stages the semi-finals and the finals should England get there will all be played at Wembley which is a decent advantage for england and probably one of the reasons they have been installed as competition favorites better than wales they have to go to baku twice wales which is hideous so when you look at the groups we've got um let me talk to you about the england group as well england have got croatia czech republic and then either scotland israel norway or serbia depending who comes through the qualification do we think england's group is going to set them up well for the tournament they're going to qualify from it aren't they
2: yeah, but they're going to qualify second because Croatia will qualify top.
3: But Croatia are way off what they were when they got to the World Cup final. Agreed. Mm. But in tournaments, are... in
2: tournaments, they always seem to be good. It's yeah, weird. they do, yeah. Um, it could I be just... a
3: good way for England to kick off
1: the campaign, though, because that's their first game, is going to be against Croatia at Wembley. If uh, they win cool. that, that puts them in such a mindset for the rest of the competition. Is that pressure, though, after that, if they beat Croatia? At least I suppose you can say
2: they know what they need to do after the Croatia game. Mm. It's better having that game first And then having it all riding on the end at the Croatia game, that would be a lot worse. Um, It's so hard to predict because it's still, you know, less just under a year away, obviously, but it's still ages away. Yeah. Um, And it's hard to say, you know, what you think might happen um, when you're so far out from the tournament. But certainly England fans can be encouraged. I think we're one of the better teams in Europe. And actually, one of the more encouraging things is not England's group. It's the other groups. Where there's one group which has got Portugal, France, and Germany in it, Group F, which is you Group F. Could you could you have you know had a better draw really? If you're t- talking about one of those teams is going to go, you've either got you know multiple-time World Cup winners Germany, you've got the current World Cup holders France, and the current Euro holders Portugal all in the same group. Mm-hmm. If you say one or two of those is going to be eliminated, you know, even if I it's think strange, I, I think German, Iceland could,
3: Germany are probably there. The, the, the
1: weakest yeah. team in that group, the way mm-hmm. Portugal, played. and
2: is it Iceland who could be put into that group as Iceland, well? Iceland,
1: Bulgaria, Hungary, or Romania?
2: Yeah, well, I don't, I don't Probably think, Iceland. I don't think though any of those teams really will be Bulgaria, maybe. But I think Hungary aren't too bad. I think I will there be whipping boys to those other teams? Maybe, but I mean, if they can turn up a couple of results, it could be fascinating.
1: Well, here's the interesting thing: if England win their group. Then they'll play the runners up from Group F. So oh, Jesus
3: Christ! We want to come second then.
1: Exactly. So there could be a tactical decision to be made. If we're
3: going into the Croatia game with with two wins, and Croatia have won two. It's almost like
2: then you have the old. Uh, the we pe- need them to beat us. The people that go. Oh, well, you've got to beat someone good to win tournament anyway. Put Phil That's Jones. classic.
3: Put Phil Jones in the team. Gets get him scoring on goal, and we'll come second. Well, we'll use up
2: use up a squad place for Phil Jones <laughs> just yeah. for one game, yeah. just because
1: you know. If we finish second in the group, so assuming we lose to Croatia, the opposition will be the winners of Group E, who are Spain, Sweden, Poland. Bosnia and Herzegovina, oh, Slovakia, Jesus. Republic of Ireland, or Northern Ireland. Wait, what? How, many, how many teams are in group? E? Those, those last four were the they qualified right. Sorry, Sorry, I thought qualified. you meant <laughs> they were all qualified. Eight eight so, group.
3: A so basically, if we get through, it's either Spain, Germany, France, or Portugal. Yeah, pretty much. Jeez, And we're competition favourites. We're competition favourites. For, who's putting their mods? All go? the games
2: are at Wembley, aren't Jesus they? That's word, that's that's, well, that's the clincher. That's why the bookies are going here. Go, I
3: call me call me old fashioned, but I reckon Spain can play on a on a carpet like Wembley. Wembley. Not just us. Maybe if you turf it up, just start sticking forks in it, we'll go Route One. Memories of Euro ninety
1: six versus Spain. Wow. At Wembley though. David Seaman saves. Yeah. That'd be alright, wouldn't it? Yeah. So are we saying England? Are outside, they're maybe not favorites. I didn't realize that that is a
3: favorable group. I didn't realize the route after the groups was that hard. The group's all right, the group's not too bad. I think
2: the Netherlands might do all right. I I think Belgium, I don't know why they're not favorites. They're the best team in the world. If you look at the FIFA coefficient rankings, Belgium Mm. are the number one ranked international football team in the world with the players they've got. They've it's hard to look beyond well. them. I Although they're still they, picking they get Christian. Let down by the manager. They're still picking Christian Benteke, so maybe there is a case for Phil Jones in the, in the England team. So but it's not coming home yet? I think is that I, what we're saying? I, I'm saying Belgium and the Netherlands are better teams than England. That's what I'm saying.
3: It's coming home in the fact that it's coming to Wembley in the final's at Wembley. <laughs> but other than that, I just can't see us negotiating that it's route be to the final. It's going to be a good tournament anyway,
1: the fact it is at home. And if Scotland qualifies well, I think that'll be... Superb. Nah, I think having Scotland no as another home nation Don't be in the mix. you know, It's not going to happen.
3: No. Nah.
1: Right. Well, they'll be in our group if they do qualify, which will be fantastic. That would be funny, though. That would be brilliant. Right. That is it for Football Social Daily today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We'll be you back tomorrow with the latest Premier League news.
0: Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.